everyone. My name is Fiona and I am, of course, one of your co-hosts for the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we talk about some Dungeons & Dragons and how we might implement it in our role-playing campaigns. So, we have done it. We have finally reached the end of Series 2, and I'm starting to make some plans for the upcoming third series. But to tide us over till then, I thought I would share with you a little something special. As you probably know from the other podcast I run, What Am I Rolling?, I am a massive fan of running one-shots. And as it's almost Halloween season, I thought I would just run a nice little horror one-shot for two of our semi-regular co-hosts, David and Sam. This one-shot, The House of Lament, comes from my favourite D&D sourcebook to date, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, which features everything both players and DMs need for running a horror-based campaign. As soon as I read it, I knew I had to run it for this podcast, and I'm so glad I did. You'll probably notice the audio quality changes every few episodes as we had to go from playing this one-shot in person to then online due to various work commitments. But if anything, it just goes to show that you can run any RPG, both in person and online, and it can still be fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoy running it, and just to say thank you. Thanks to everyone who supported us during the last series. It really means the world to us, and we can't wait to see what the next series holds for us. So, without further ado, here is House of Lament. You two are playing Tobias and Lyle, uh, two non-adventurers, I guess is the best way to describe them, um, who received mysterious messages uh, telling you you must come to a crossroads which you both knew about. When you got to the crossroads, uh, in the centre of it, you saw a mysterious figure who was very cloaked and very sort of shadowy and that took off into the sky in sort of a huge wingspan, sort of went up. And as the rain sort of came in as the mist, you sort of met each other in the middle and realised quite quickly that you didn't know where you were. Um, if you moved through the mists, you came back in, out of the mist the same way, realising you were quite trapped and quite alone. On this point of realising this, a light came, came off from an old sort of manor house off in the distance and you sort of both made your way there, seeing this to be some sort of sign. When you got there, you saw two twins, Jennifer and Laurie Mayweather Foxgrove, two infamous monster hunters who just arrived were unpacking their stuff into sort of the parlour of this place, being asked here to buy a family in a near town, I think it's a town, uh, Borsco, to stop the hauntings that are happening in this house, and eagerly asked for your help with this as well. Upon realising that you didn't really have much anywhere to go, the promise of 20 gold a day and um, for them to help you get to the nearest town once uh, the storm had cleared, you eagerly accepted. You had a bit of an adventure, to say the least. You explored quite a few of the rooms on the ground floor. First of all, seeing what looked like a ghost lady in the conservatory before having several gardening tools thrown at you, hurting some of you, and before leaving, seeing in the glass of the conservatory, uninvited sort of so scrawl and I think it was cracked in the actual glass panes as you left. Tobias uh, started playing a harp in the music room, which was unresist uh, unresistible, irresistible to keep playing. It was starting to cut his fingers on the sort of um, on the strings of it, and it was only thanks to Lyle pulling him away that he didn't hurt himself further. I will say actually, because I didn't mention it at the time, Tobias, you now know that song inside and out. Uh, not that it's playing in your head, but if you were to play it again, you would play it uh, note perfect, should you need Ruby. to. I'll find the name of that song in a second, once I look at the notes. When this adventure is over, I'm going to go back and I'm going to make a killing playing that song in taverns. Need a harp for it, that's all. Um, you saw an extra special guest in the dining room, something underneath a uh, little sort of blanket, which eventually, I think it was Laurie who was brave enough in the end to whip it off and realise it was a child-sized doll, which I think everyone just went, nope, and walked out of the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. On looking at some of the other rooms, sort of a sort of sitting rooms, which had various bits and pieces of various things where you either caught something or it looked very like, I think, Lyle's or... Lyle's father's workshop with the shoes and stuff like that before it sort of reimagined itself. Tobias heard a voice saying that anything he wished for, he could find beneath the house. 
finally, Jennifer was ready to hold her first seance and you joined her uh, in holding hands and connected with the spirits of the house to see what or who was behind the hauntings. And you got in contact with a spirit who identified itself as Mara Silvera. After a few bits and pieces, she sort of ended the seance by saying you need to evict the chimney witch. Upon realising that you hadn't explored all of the rooms, you went forth and went to the kitchen where the opposite of Bake Off happened, uh, (laughs) where Lyle ate uh, a rather delicious caramel chip uh, muffin, just as if it just come out of the oven and found a horrible toe inside it before a horrible arm with too many joints came out, pulled him into the half essentially and shut the door, setting him ablaze. Tobias managed to rescue Lyle, but it was a bit too late as Lyle technically died, or so we think, as something or someone offered Lyle a choice in order to come back and bestowed upon Lyle a dark gift, which we have all discovered our new best friend and possible best NPC I've ever come up with, Brian the Armpit Thing. (laughs) (laughs) But just to clarify, only Lyle is aware of it right now? But you are talking quite yeah. audibly to your armpit. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's. I think and we didn't disco- know me. <laughs> you were disco- I think discovering on this as you rolled over in your sleep and was like something was very uncomfortable and looking down almost like a human sort of face sort of squished in essentially into your armpit. Brian or the self identified or the thing that identified itself as Brian said that it is the reason you are still alive. And also that its own agenda was to make sure you didn't die at any cost, because if you died, it would die too, which may have consequences later on. Who knows? And so it becomes the morning of the second day. But before we continue, because we had watches and stuff, and I can't remember because it's been a while since we did it. I think Lyle slept all the way through it because you were pretty, pretty tired and pretty out of it, correct? So Mm. you didn't take any watches. Mayweather Foxgroves would have taken watches. And I think Tobias, you did de- you definitely took one watch, didn't you? Yes. Cool. So you so Tobias would have been asleep at some point, is what I'm getting at. Yes. So Tobias, when you do sleep, you're probably not a man who gets many dreams, you know, or you do have dreams and they're usually of knight and chivalrous and ladies swooning left, right, and forth. Um, maybe an old lady, an older lady, oh. Tobias, my dear boy, etc. But this night is very different. You sort of like are suddenly standing in the mists again. And as you sort of turn around, trying to see where you are, maybe you think maybe I'm back at the crossroads and stuff, you see coming out of the mists, not a platoon, but like um, a very small gathering of soldiers sort of rushing ahead. At the centre of it is a a female knight with long black hair, her armour sort of like battered and beaten, a long sword in her hand. And she's she's sort of like, not goading, I can't think of the words, she is uh, pressing these soldiers on. They're maybe about 10, 12, a dozen at least, and they are tired. They look, you know, bloodied, battered, and bruised. And she's like, no, we must go. We must go. He has my castle. We cannot afford to let it go. We must go. And she pushes them through the mist and it sort of pushes past you in a sense, although you don't feel it. And as you turn around behind you, you see a castle of some sort, or at least you recognize a part of it. You remember when you came up to this manor house, there was on the side a turret. And this turret now sort of extends out into a huge sort of fortress place. And you see this knight going, no, we must go. He cannot have my castle. It is my father's land. I cannot let this happen. Onwards, soldiers, onwards. And you see the, the soldiers are just falling behind her, you know, tired. One sort of falls straight over, does not get back up. She howls in frustration. And as she howls, her voice changes. There are shadows start to appear from the ground. They start to surround her, almost like a sort of uh, a twisting vortex and almost like a crimson aura. And that sound, the howl, it's almost ear-splitting. You sort of duck your head to something. Next thing you know, you wake up almost with a jolt back in the parlor room, dim sort of sunlight uh, going through the sort of the windows of the entrance hall. So there's no windows in this because it's inside room covered in sweat yourself at this dream, which is very vivid. This is the howling still ringing in your ears, Tobias. The Mayweathers are setting out a, a continental breakfast. 
few sort of cold meats and I said, oh, good morning, good morning. And sort of, and then we'll go to shake, shake Lyle awake. Lyle has slept, I would say, unless otherwise told, fairly heavily, you know, and fully recovered. You will both have a long rest, I would say. Everything is back to normal, so to speak. And you see sort of uh, Jennifer is sort of putting things up on the walls now. She's got various different diagrams and uh, various different, like, as, you know, when it's very stereotypical teenage girl sort of thing, but you know, when they write in teeny, teeny handwriting and it's like almost like little hearts sort of things, that is exactly what Jennifer Weathermay Foxgrove writes like. And it, but she has pages of this stuff, like A4 stuck everywhere. And these are next to portraits of people, you know, of who people who used to live here and stuff, just all over the, not caring for the stuff because it's been so long that someone has lived here. And Laurie is getting out like a couple of weapons and stuff probably mistakenly from last time, not preparing himself for, for any sort of fights, he now has a long sword next to him and sort of tightening up and tightening his boots up. What do you guys like to do? Well, first thing, Tobias is going to very gently try and wake Lyle. Mm. Are, 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 you, are, you, are you all right, my good man? Uh, yes, I am perfectly fine and uh, everything is normal. <laughs> no further questions. Um, what, what, what are we going to do? Well, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the, the thing that we need to deal with is probably in the, in the basement. We should probably go and go there immediately without delay. <laughs> but isn't it the um, chimney witch we're supposed yes, to be there? But isn't that exactly what she'd want you to think? Oh, well, I can't argue with that. <laughs> So I, I say we go to the basement and we, uh, we, we see what's there because there's always something creepy in the basement. Isn't that, isn't that right, May Mayweather Foxgroves? Oh, yes, absolutely. Gosh, I think if I look at the, uh, the plans here, this is Laurie sort of bringing out, I think there's a wine cellar, which would be absolutely splendid, you know, just, just saying. But, uh, but yes, yes. So, although when we looked at the plans, there doesn't seem to be much other than the wine cellar. Um, but maybe there'll be something under there. Yes, yes. And Jennifer is sort of like, well, I was hoping at some point to um, do another seance, um, but we'll just see. We'll get the energies right first and maybe a bit more exploration and a bit more stuff in that. And you, you realise at this point, obviously, Jennifer hasn't left this room. And even though Laurie has told you, you again, I think Tobias would have heard this over a while. Laurie's definitely told the truth to Jennifer and Jennifer's like, oh, that sounds splendid. Like, there's clearly no sense of danger because she keeps out of the danger very, very well. Right, right then. Well, let's, uh, let, let's have some, some food. Let's uh, get ourselves ready and let's, um, and let's go. Yep. Uh, after you, by a distance of about 10 feet. Yes. <laughs> and we'll <laughs> eat up, get mm -hmm. ready, and when... Lyle and what's his name again? Uh, Laurie. When Lyle and Laurie are ready, we'll head out basement yonder. The two L's, yeah. Um, so Tobias, you, you sort of open the double doors and as you open the double doors, on the ground in front of you is a plate. And on the plate looks like a apple turnover. It looks like it's just been warmed. Mm. Just there. Fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> Call me twice. Also, shame on you for making creature pies. Uh, I take out my long sword, yeah. using the tip of the blade, just like shove the plate to the side. <laughs> Easy enough. If anything, it's like a as you're just moving it across. Maybe the uh, the sword is like very wedged into the woodwork, and you're just like pull. <laughs> so it's like oh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Easy enough. You now have the apple turnover, I say, on the if you're going off to the left, because that's where the kitchen was sort of on the oh, yeah, I'm not putting the apple turnover in the way of where we're going. I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, it's off to one side. And and Laurie goes, Oh, good idea, chap. We as a as a rule, um, Mayweather's never take uh food from strangers. Well, you could have told Matt 24 hours ago. I did say not to eat the muffin. That's that's true. I mean, I, I, I didn't I didn't eat the muffin, so Tell you what, there was there was a lot going on. There was a problem at hand, and I reacted poorly. <laughs> Sorry, I, swear to God, I thought you were going to go. There was a lot going on. It's no one's fault. Oh, it's unequivocally my fault. I, I'll admit that. That's that's the first rule in the Plimsoll's Shoe Emporium's uh, introductory training manual: is uh, admit it when you're wrong. Well, 
well, well, let's 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 be a bit more um, a bit more. Madam, you aren't a size ten. You are indeed, as you say, a size eight. <laughs> Let, let's let's be a bit more vigilant. I mean, we don't want to be caught on the back foot again. For God's sake! Now I have to cross out another pun. <laughs> right, let's go. <laughs> yeah. You guys sort of here, coming out of the parlor into the the main entrance at the foyer. Sorry. To get to the kitchen, which you have been to before, uh, from where you're standing, so if, as if you're going, as, as if you're looking at the foyer to the doors out, you have to go left through a sitting room, either then through the music room and the dining room up, or into this big hallway and then to the right. Like you would hallway. see that on the right hallway. hallway. I'm not going anywhere near that doll again. So you go into the sitting room, and again, this sitting room, as I've sort of described, it's like all the other sitting rooms on this floor. They have different sort of like curios, different. Very Victoriana sort of thing. So you can imagine like stuffed animals in uh, in bell jars. Uh, there's definitely like you know those sort of like free stuffed birds on a on a, a branch <laughs> uh, put somewhere. Uh, various sort of uh, it's like taxidermy hell essentially, and probably some very bad taxidermy as well with the eyes pointing different ways. It's probably a fox or a lemur sort of like with its hands out like shrugging. <laughs> Which Mondays, probably, am I right? Am I right? You probably would assume it was used for like um, holding a cane or, or, or holding something and overstuffed armchairs and the chaise lounge and stuff, but rotting essentially. As you walk past, you, there is a fireplace here, but it is currently out. And then you just continue past the door. This whole hallway you've not been into before, it is long, very long. Whereas the one on the other side of the house was quite thin in places, it's a slightly bit wider. And you see that on the walls, there are broken picture frames that are sort of like, they, some of them have like portraits in them, but most of them are sort of like horrible gilded gold things. Sometimes you see in like the museums and stuff. These are like tarnished. Oh, there's definitely the, the faded in some places. The rug itself has a dizzying uh, geometric pattern that covers it going further and further in. As you go in, you know there's a doorway off to your right which goes into to the dining room. There's one that goes into the parlour. And up ahead, you can see a door going up and then double doors going up to your left and the right, which you know is the kitchen. As you're getting closer to the double doors, you could hear banging coming from inside that room. There's nothing, like not consistently, but definitely feels like as you start to move, you can hear like a, a something, something hit the wall. And then maybe you wait a few seconds and you hear like a scrape as if something was moving. Is there any light going into that room? Um, is there a light sort of under the, um, the, the door frame? Sorry, the door. Mm, interesting. Uh, so no, there's no light coming from any of the rooms. Laurie will have like a um, like a lantern of some sort because this whole house is it is was at one point sort of gaslit, I guess. But there's not been much light. So in the parlor room, uh, Jennifer has been putting up candles and whatnot. She says for ambiance, you think for spooky stuff. But yeah, essentially the most light you have is uh, the sort of uh, bull light. Bull lantern, sorry, from uh, Laurie, who who holds it quite. You know, he's very steady with it, making sure. And he looks around, so you can see the whole of this um, this hallway. Can I? Is there a keyhole in the double doors that I can peek through? There isn't. Then I am going to be heroic and ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> very brave. What's Lyle doing? I'm definitely not going towards dangerous things that could potentially be banging. Yeah, you're sort of at the back of the group, and in from your armpit, you can hear, you can feel it. But Brian is talking to you in his, in your mind. Sorry, and he's like, "Hey, hey, don't go in there. No, no, don't. Don't have do to tell me twice. No, good, good. Wait, 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 where are you going? What? You're going back towards the kitchen? Mm. Yeah, but I'm not going to eat any muffins. I, no. I, I think." I don't think the muffin was the problem. The problem was you were in a fireplace that set on fire. Mm. Yes, I think Tobias is convinced that something's in the basement, whereas I'm convinced there isn't anything in the basement, so I'm going along with it because it seems like a safe way to spend an hour or so. Mm. Okay. Well, as long as you promise to, to push Tobias into any danger first, because I know he's your friend, but I also want you to live. So he is currently Operation Human Meat Shield, yes? Mm. I wouldn't put it necessarily quite so harshly. He seems an upstanding fellow. Um, but uh, certainly I will be keeping my distance, yes. 
Good, 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 good. Just making sure. And it scuffles. It's in a very awkward position. Definitely, you can't put your arm down fully because otherwise you hear. That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't suppose you could move somewhere else. I quite like it here. But well, I'm. I, I, I understand. It's warm and dark and it's- safe. <laughs> There's other places on my body which provide those qualifications. I don't know what you were insinuating, but I am not going down there. Thank you very much. I don't think it's it's not very safe from what I've heard. Lyle, is your your arm injured? You seem to be holding it slightly askew. Oh, you know, probably a leftover injury from being burnt alive. Oh, he's being suspicious. Mm. Shut up. (laughs) Say that out loud. Oh, all right, I'll, I'll. I'm sorry, I didn't wish oh. to uh, pry. I'll, I'll no. do it. No, no. It's sorry, to Tobias. Not right. if, if you don't want me to talk to you, then you can. You don't. You don't have to say shut up. Oh, Tobias, no, I didn't mean. Look, I've been through a lot. What did you mean? Don't give the game away. I have an imaginary friend. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Tobias just. <laughs> It's, you know, it's a coping mechanism. I've ever had a very dull life working in a shoe shop. I have a friend called Brian. I just talk to him now and then. It just it just calms me. I don't often speak to him, but only in situations where I need calming, which, as you can imagine, is now. Tobias just slowly turns back around the way they were going. Oh, I think he bought it. I think he bought it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you make your way back into the kitchen. So are you just going straight into Bias the kitchen? I assume as Lyle was saying, Lyle's at the back keeping his distance. The most uh, careful opening of doors ever. So you sort of again, traditional haunted house. You put your head round, Laurie puts his head round underneath you, and then the bull lantern comes underneath that sort of free stooges style. Um just to wipe my I'm imagining just Lyle's head and then Lyle's armpit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what have i done to myself okay so there was a rack previously suspended from the kitchen ceiling which has now crashed crushing a table and scattering rusted pots and cooking implements across the whole kitchen there is a sizable iron stove built into the north wall so from your perspective looking at this it'll be off to the left and then there are several doors leading from this room so you have one that you can see would be the one that you came in through before from the from the dining room you can see sort of one straight across from you, which you would you could see there would be a window out onto it. It leads out to the outside onto the porch. And then you have uh, two doors to the left of you. One is definitely, you can tell because it's slightly ajar or it has had something sort of maybe lodged in it in some respect. Uh, it's, it's clearly like a larder of some sort. And then the other door you're not so sure about. It's the door we're not so sure about. <laughs> so you start to enter into the room. And as you do so, Nothing happens. The door that you aren't so sure about, you open it slowly but surely, and it sort of creaks open. And you can see, looking down it again with uh, Laurie's lantern, uh, is a a sort of stairwell going down, sort of cut stone, and it feels cold. So as you open it, there's sort of a cold air comes up, filling it as sort of cold things. So you would assume that this stairway leads to the basement. All right. After you. Draw my sword, and I'm going to start making my way down. Laurie will follow you. Lyle, as you're at the stop, top of the steps, you just hear Brian going, Oh, oh. Don't worry, Brian. We, in order to be truly safe, we need to figure out this place so we can leave. Okay. But first sign of trouble, you need to go back to that parlour with, with the lady, with the, with the weird candles. I mean... Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the situation unfolds. Oh, okay. Mm. And all you hear from that in your mind is every something like, mm. every time you take that, it, it's like one of those things when you take a step down here, mm, 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 as he's like clearly not wanting to go downstairs. But you go down to the wine cellar. Tobias, as you are making your way down the stairs, um, turns out there weren't stone stairs, they're creaking stairs, so there must be wood. The creaking stairs lead to a damp... It was dark, I didn't see. There you go. That's fine. You're so generous. The creaking stairs lead to a damp, cobweb-draped cellar containing dusty racks and 
eight foot tall wine turns. As you get down there, you can see uh, one of the turns, the one sort of straight in front of you, has burst and covering the stone floor in crimson stains. And you, and with with Laurie's lantern as well, you looks around and you can see like there is a door leading off to as you're coming down, be off to your left, so south. If we're going by map rules at this point, but it is definitely quiet as you're creaking like creaking down the stairs. It sort of echoes all the way around this room as you sort of get to the bottom of the stairs. Laurie's sort of behind you and peeking around the corner as Lyle. You all hear very quietly, but definitely audible, sort of a meow. Like that, just meow. Did you gentlemen hear that? The the, the, the very strange sounding meow, yes. Good. Good, cool, 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 cool. The burst wine barrel thing. Mm -hmm. Question number one, does it look like wine? From your position at the back of the group, you can't tell what it is. You'd have to get a bit of a closer look, maybe put your hand down on the on the ground to, to sort of feel it, perhaps, because it's all on, it's like dried stains, essentially. Or even go up to the barrel, maybe... Have a sniff. Put, oh, put your hand inside. Yeah, have a sniff, probably. <laughs> it's a bit of... Okay. But I'll wait until the boys move into the room a bit further. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll step into the room. Uh, but as, as Tobias does this, he's going to say, into the room. Meow. As you sort of come into the room, so you're at the top of this room, right? From near where the sort of barrel, the last barrel is, so a little bit way off into the sort of south, southwest of the room, you hear a meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Meow. <laughs> Tobias just turns around to the other two and goes, This is quite fascinating. Um, meow, wow, wow. He sort of says, no response. <laughs> you speak common meowing thing. Meow. That noise came from the southeast of the room, so the opposite corner. Are there two of you in here, or are you just moving quickly? No response. Meow. Meow, meow once for moving quickly, meow twice for those two of you. No response. No response. Oh, God. All right, well, I think the only logical thing for us to do is to investigate where the sound came from. Well, yes, and if it's cats, I mean, that's relatively harmless. Cats, they're harmless. Yeah. Oh, yes, I quite agree. Kitty cats are, are darling. Jennifer loves them. Right, well, let's let's go and, we, you know, if, it, if there's a cat that needs our help, we'll, we'll bring it back with us. And so I'm going to go down the steps yeah. and I presume with the torchbearer behind me. Yeah. Make my way to the southeast corner of the room. Southeast, so where the, the higher pitch one was. Uh, the... Yes. Okay, that's fine. So as you sort of make your way around the corner, what is Lyle doing? Keeping a frenzied look around at everything, just trying to keep his eyes open for danger. All right, uh, make for me a uh, perception check. I would be delighted to. Right. That is going to be bad. It's Four. Four? Yeah, four. <laughs> Don't get okay. anything in addition. It's four. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, so yeah, you're sort of like, <sighs> and you, you're getting distracted by every little sound, including your own feet on the ground. Uh, okay. Maybe you, and you could hear Brian going, oh, oh, you know, if you died, a cat would, would probably start to eat your body in under 30 minutes. Uh, they won't wait for you to come back. You know, and it's that sort of like negative Nancy in the back of your head as you're walking around this room. Yeah. Ow, don't hit me. <laughs> Tobias, you sort of round the corner. Yeah. And at the bottom of this room, when the light shone, you see something sort of like creep back behind sort of the final um, wine rack, essentially, the, the huge sort of wine rack. At the bottom, it looked like a cat. Like uh, the way it's, 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 a, it's sized as a cat, you see like this quick swish of a tail, but the tail definitely was a little bit too long, a little bit scraggy. And again, from that corner, you hear a meow, meow. Tobias leans back slightly, but keeps his eye towards the scraggy long tail and goes, I think it's something just pretending to be a cat. 
that would explain why it's saying meow rather than actually meowing. Above you, Tobias, on top of the rack, you hear a meow. And you and Laurie, and I assume Lyle, look up. And there appears to be a cat. Also, be that it's cat-sized. It looks like a rat, in a sense. It has like a huge sort of pointed nose, huge ears, like bat-like ears, but it's the size of a cat. It sort of haunches are up, its shoulders are back. Um, very sphinx-like cats and no fur or anything like that. Horrible yellow pupilless eyes and incredibly sharp teeth. It just goes, meow, and leaps at you. Can we roll initiative, please? Oh, no. I'll show you a picture of it. Looks like a heckish version of, oh, what was the psychic Eevee evolution? Yeah, yeah it, very much like that. It looks like a demonic, demon-possessed sphinx cat. Yeah, yes. pretty much. That's a bone in its mouth, by the way, that it's snapping on. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's a great picture. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's lovely. What did you guys get? Oh, 14. 14 for Tobias. Three. Oh, Lyle. That's what did three. Negative Nancy get? For his, uh, <laughs> negative Nancy's on the same initiative as Lyle. <laughs> but, oh. well, you're not going dead last, though, because Laurie got a two. Top of the round, you hear a noise from the other end of the room. So the room that you're going to, you hear a skitter, 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 as something moves and will hide. Poorly, you definitely see a similar-looking creature, the sort of the bow back, haunched shoulder sort of thing, skittering across. And the way it moves as well is almost like it picks itself up, and almost like does a horrible dance on its paws as it's moving across very fast, though. And it skitters and tries to hide, but it's definitely by one of the uh, barrel turns, the wine turns, essentially. It is then Tobias's go. Tobias, what are you, what are you doing? I'm going to stab the thing that's right in front of me. Do it, stabby stab. Uh, oh, that is a uh, unnatural twenty. Oh, you hit! Roll my damage. Oh, my damage is terrible. Oh no, that's not. Uh, that's nine points of damage. Holy shit! It's an immediate. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you skew this creature. Uh, it's not dead, but my god, you probably went for its neck, and it would have been a true hit if you got it uh, through the throat and stuff. But it's sort of like. Eh. And it's still sort of scratching at you, still on the sword. Like, Can I use my bonus action to just like shove it back five feet? Absolutely, yes. It's just about, <laughs> shoves it back onto the floor, nimbly catching itself on its feet. Even, but when it does, you can hear it go, and it sort of wheezes up a whole lot of black blood on the floor. As it hits the floor, it sort of just splatters around like a, a crime scene, essentially. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do? Um, no, that's it. This creature, seeing that you've done this, is like, <laughs> and it takes a moment. It's going to think about it. Got a seven. It's like, fuck it. <laughs> it's going to run at you again. It's going to try and bite you, oh. uh, Tobias. Okay. Does a 12 hit? That is my armor class. You take, oh, oh, I didn't even see that little bit. Okay. So it, it latches onto, like, it tries to jump for you and maybe gets, gets your knee, essentially, and it bites hard. So you take um, you take six points of damage. Ooh. Okay. And as it bites down, you it sort of like it was almost like uh, sort of almost you feel something like and you go ah and you sort of shake it off and it hits it hits the ground again sort of uneasy. You also take lucky one point of force damage as well as whatever it is like the sting of it it still stings after it almost like a an aftershock essentially. Okay. It sort of like raises itself back up, ready to go again. Cool. It's not going to do anything else. The other three turn starts to surround. And seeing that, uh, seeing you've been injured, it sees those other two. So they're going to, yeah, they're going to fan out their attacks. So one is going to go for for you, Tobias. That is, oh, that's an 11. Ooh, no. Close, close. All right. And then onto Laurie. Laurie's got, I think it's a, Laurie's actually got good, decent armor. Yeah, it doesn't. Laurie just goes, oh my gosh, hits the lantern and it sort of like, it like almost poops it out of the air. And for Lyle, damn it, rolled really poorly this round. That is only an eight to hit. That does not hit. So, but you can see now there are 
compared to this, this, this one creature, now you see there's three others that are hiding in this, the racks that started to spring out. And they all look cat-sized rats like bats, essentially. Horrible demonic things with a yellow, like almost pus-colored eyes. Like, <sighs> screech out. But they're all saying, but as, as well as hissing, they're all going, meow, meow. <laughs> Comically bad. That's what it says in the module that they're comically bad at oh <laughs> being cats. It's now Lyle's go. Lyle, what would you like to do? Okay. Uh, Lyle panicking thinks back to his um, evening classes about magic. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the explanation I've got for why I'm about to be able to do burning hands. Excellent. Um. Can I get more than one by any chance? Uh, is it, it's a deck saving throw for these creatures, yes. Yeah, and it's a 15-foot cone of fire. I will say, because we're playing sort of theatre of the mind, absolutely, you can probably... If anything, I like the idea that you it missed you, not because it missed you, but because your armpit went, no, <laughs> and dragged you out. So you are sort of within, like, a thing. So absolutely, you can do that. Okay, uh, DC 11 dexterity throw, please. Okay. So I need to remember there. Okay, dexterity. So first one is, oh, a five doesn't do it. A, a four doesn't do it. And another four. Wow, they all they all go, meow, as <laughs> you sort of blast them with fire. So they all take full damage, uh, which I rolled it. Got a one and two and a two. Five. Excellent. The average is 10, so that's a pretty poor roll. Oh, and yeah, bad. Miles just screaming as fire explodes from his shoehorn. Now, as you do that, as you hit them with a spell, something happens. Oh, God. I'm going to roll 1d6. Can each of you also roll a d6 for me and tell me what number you get? Got a 1. 6. A 6 and, and a 2. So two of them start to sort of... Like they get hit by this flame and they start to sparkle. Everyone needs to make for me a constitution saving throw, DC 10. I'll do it for Laurie. Laurie does not pass. Uh, 12 for me. You pass. Uh, Lyle does not pass. Okay, Lyle, uh, you get hit by this. And also, Laurie gets hit too. You take uh, free force damage as these creatures go, ah! and they almost spit as they sort of think. One of them, though, just looks up, completely singed, and goes, eh? and explodes and dies. But suddenly, where it was, a whole swarm of these creatures appear. And these are, I think they're tiny, but there's now a lot of them. <laughs> Time right. to leave. Time to leave. Okay, Laurie's go. Laurie is going to get, oh, gosh, this is terrible. Um... Uh, okay, all right, uh, and he's going to go and he's going to attack. He pulls out two short swords and he's going to try and attack the one that attacked Tobias, uh, which doesn't hit, and he says, ah, fuck it, and tries again. Oh, just stab, stabs it, and basically does what you were meant to do, Tobias, and just lops its head off. And he says, like, ah, done it. Oh, gosh, there's more of them. Uh, run, chaps. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And he will leg it towards the door. Um, you probably, for this, for theater of the mind stuff, like you, know, you can easily run through the door away from these creatures because they've sort of like they've re they're basically their that reaction was their reaction. So you can they won't have an attack opportunity should you choose to run. Uh, top of the round, the other hiding creature comes. It's going to try and bite at Lyle. Uh, oh, that's an eleven. Ah, yeah, that hits. Okay, so it's two. No, sorry, uh, four piercing damage. Okay, any um, force damage? Five. Okay. Uh, Lyle is down. <laughs> Your creature has a thing, doesn't it? It does when I make a death saving throw. Okay, good to know. All right, so you're down currently. Tobias, it's your go. Um, okay. Uh <laughs> I'm looking at my like three things I can do, like something's just gonna magic out of the earth. I will sheet the long sword, run over, pick up Lyle. Yep. And I'm just gonna try and run out. Easy enough, because again, these creatures are still recovering. This this one, I guess that one there will try and have a go. That is a that's also an eleven to hit. That doesn't hit no. you, does it? No. It's easy enough. So it's sort of like it's sort of like 
tries to like use one of those horrible paws to try and grab at your ankles and you're just like oh fuck off and so you make it up the stairs i'd say the creatures don't follow you they sort of get towards where the stairs are and you can just see looking back earth vice all the eyes in the darkness that are blinking horrible teeth pointing like that you get to the top of the stairs uh it's lyle's go uh lyle you make me a death saving throw okay that is a seven. I'm going to do the thing. So you, you hear a screech from the armpit, and I'm going to use one of my hit die, which is probably not the best of ideas, but let's let's do it, um, to try and boost the death saving throw of seven minus constitution of one down to six. And I'm trying to gonna get over a ten by rolling my hit die, which is a d8. I do not. One fail. One fail, no worries. So yeah, you can hear Lyle again on your shoulder, Tobias. You can hear him sort of the wheezing breath, and as you're feeling it, you also feel there is something like the way you've got him. His armpit is on your shoulder, and you can definitely feel something like moving, but you're not questioning it. It's sort of like uh, Laurie's like, "Oh gosh, um, please uh, uh, put him down," um, and he'll try and do a medicine check, which I is. Aid him at all in that. I, th- I think, yeah, for this, I think you can for sure. Like, I, we're playing faster, loose with these rules. So that's totally fine. So he's going to try and do it. This is a stupid question. Is medicine a wisdom or intelligence check? Wisdom. 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 Yeah. Cool. You'd think it intelligence. Natural 20. So with that, I will say that, uh, Lyle, you come back on one hit point. Laurie's <laughs> Lori, like, oh gosh, oh gosh. Uh, Ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. And, <laughs> and sort of, come on, man, get up, get up. Uh, They're just um, kitty cats, really bad kitty cats. Evil cats. <sighs> oh, I'm not sure if this is the best idea, but perhaps we should go and uh, sit back in the other room and just, just sit down for a little bit. Quite right, quite. Yes, I think, I think yes. that's it. Uh, that's a great idea. Oh, I okay, think. right. Oh, God. Uh, are you all right? Can you walk? Do you carry you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah. Oh, okay. In your head, Lyle, you just hear, what did I tell you? Mm-hmm. Operation Human Meat Shield did not work. Mm-hmm. I don't respond. I'm just saying, maybe next time I'll maybe play a more active role in this. <laughs> <laughs> you head back onto the parlour. And Jennifer says, oh gosh, you've only gone like 30 minutes. What's... Oh, goodness. Oh, no. And she sort of comes over and sort of fusses over, like, oh, gosh, you've got terrible scratches on you. Oh, oh gosh, those bite marks are so terrible. Oh, gosh. It doesn't help, per se. Pokes it quite a bit. It's quite fascinating. Oh, there must have been very sharp teeth. What was it? Was it, uh, was it cats? Or was it rats? Or was it bats? Oh, all three. They were they were a strange sort of cat, and I, I think they got him on the leg and and, and livid under the arm because something felt a bit weird there. Oh, as the well. arm. Okay, and, I, and, well, I can, I've got was... a few bandages. I can I can bandage up in your head, Lyle. No, no, she's a pretty lady, but no, she can't see me like this. No, uh, it, it it is mostly my leg. Okay, I, I'll 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 just check. Oh gosh, and she looks at the bite marks. I've never seen anything like these, but I'll I'll, I'll give it a go. Gosh. Uh, that's oh, awfully you. frightened. She she helps bandage you up, and you do feel a little bit better, but um, still a bit ropey. Yeah, the, the bite of these creatures, the way their teeth sort of went down on your knee, um, they could they could proper tear an ACL if they wanted to, if you know what I mean. So, can I take a short rest? I guess absolutely. I'm guessing uh, you. So here's the question then: Does Tobias want to continue exploring the rooms with Laurie, leaving uh, Lyle here, or um, do you want to stay together? I think we should probably stay together. <laughs> Considering like a couple hits from anything's enough to take us down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, I'd feel a bit weird just like disappearing off of things. No, that's fine. I was just, it's more me giving you the option just in case. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, considering I've lost like seven hit points, I'll use one of my hit die and try. Perfect. Yeah. So you can both take a short rest. Whilst you're doing that, Laurie's obviously describing. Your brief adventure and talks about, um, oh, yeah, so we went into the kitchen, the kitchen was fine. Uh, we didn't go into the ballroom, uh, but there were some noises happening in there. She was like, oh, oh, yes. And she, Jennifer, oh, yes, there's some, there's some bits of, uh, I saw it in some of the, some of the accounts. There's, um, 
oh, there was a big sort of a event that happened in the ballroom where um, there was a big standoff between uh, the, the the lady knight here and and the demon lord. I'm, and, I'm, I'm sorry. Hmm? Uh, what? Uh, whom? Well, it's, it's a funny story, really. So I was doing some research, and this place used to be um, a castle. And in the castle, it was belonged to uh, the Silver family. We were the, the ghost we contacted. I, I believe she's part of that family. Um, well, Lord Silver, well, he well had a bit of an oopsie and died. And whilst during he died, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't laugh. So when he died and and sort of just yeah uh, expired, so to say, um, a, a demon lord came and and, and took over, and. Saw an heir came back and was absolutely distraught by it and challenged the, the demon lord to a showdown. Um, but she was captured, I believe. And well, the ballroom apparently they had some hauntings where essentially they they talked her, her little platoon of guards. He, he gave a demand whether that that was it. She they were going to put her up in the walls of the castle as a sort of a as a punishment, so to say, to brick her up completely. So he gave a choice to her um, companions, her comrades, whether they would also be bricked up in the walls or would they come over to his side? And so there's always this sort of thing where you get asked the question if you go in and you have to make a choice. Uh, super spooky. Um, I've not been there myself yet, but if there's noise in there, that's, that's quite interesting. Hmm. Right. Um, so a uh, quick quick thing I probably should have mentioned. Didn't think too much of it. Um, probably realised that was an error now. Um, uh, I I was I was having a, my, my, my little sleep earlier. Oh, and, yes. Sleepies. And, and had, a, had a very strange dream. <gasps> Uh, a dream, a premonition. That's incredible. Oh, you should have said. And she gets out like a huge tome, flicks it over, tiny, tiny bubble writing in it. Oh, go on, go on. What was it? What so did you see? I was, I was, I was in the 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 the, the, the misty, foggy crossroads. Uh, ah, the mists. Yes, 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 yes. And um, uh, through the the mist, uh, a, a group of about a dozen uh, armored soldiers appeared, mm. and a, a a woman um, dressed like a knight. Uh, <gasps> And she was saying that we had to go and 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 and, and go to the the castle. Uh, the, uh, and I turned around and I could see well part of the battlements, but it was actually a full castle. Uh, oh, yes, that makes sense. That that tracks with the records. Yeah. So she was and she was driving them on, and they were looking really tired and really not happy. And and wow, that, that's a, that's fascinating. So. You actually saw her. You saw the saw the night. That's incredible. Oh, oh brilliant! Well, maybe we can contact her. Uh, uh, well, we should see that. We should. I should get ready for the next seance. That'd be that'd be great. Because then, well, maybe she's the one behind all the happenings. Maybe she needs. Maybe she needs to be let out. <gasps> maybe she's still in the walls. <gasps> As she sort of looks around dramatically. So we should go to the room with all the noise coming out of it. Oh, that's one possibility. Um, one load of cobblers. <laughs> Everyone turns to Lyle. <laughs> you just hear in your mind, Lyle. <laughs> Good job, because you're a cobbler. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, right. Got you. Got your back. Or <laughs> yeah, your armpit. <laughs> yeah. after, after the appropriate ten long seconds of silence. Yeah. <laughs> Tobias just turns back to the conversation. <laughs> Yes, so yeah, the ballroom would be would be one way, but there's other places uh, that have had, had similar hauntings. Um, the the recent residents, or just, well, no longer residents, it was over hundred years ago. Um, they had a room upstairs and stuff, and there've been some goings on there. Maybe even even at the top to the widow's walk. Uh, you know, and she sort of looks at you, and you see a sort of a blank expression. So there's a little thing uh, with when you have roofs that like, is usually in the center, like a balcony. Oh, they call it the widow's walk because usually widows go up there when their partners have died and they throw themselves off it. It's quite a hilarity sort of thing. I I quite like it as a. I think it's quite. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's just interesting. Anyway, there's the widow's walk as well up there. But yes, we've got, you've got another two floors or so. You can always have a look around. Oh, sorry, I've, so, I've talked too much. <laughs> Very strange woman, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. Why don't we go to the room with all the ominous sounds coming from it? Because that's very close by. Oh, so, oh smashing! Uh, Laurie, were you? You got? Oh, oh yes, I, I totally. Um, sorry, I was just I was just cleaning my my lantern. Um, I don't know why I said that. Right, uh, shall, shall we? Shall we head on, chaps, to, to the ballroom? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, fab. Fab. Uh, okay. Okay, Jennifer, you'll be fine here. Oh, oh yes, I'm just finishing off. And she sort of again just moves like a like she's lit quite a few candles at this point. Um, it's very bright. This room. And she's sort of going around. Going, oh yes, a little bit of cinnamon, a little bit of lavender, ooh, red cherry. 
winter warmer. So I'm guessing, Lyle, are you going with them? Yes, but at, at a bit of a distance, and I will also mm-hmm. kind of painfully swish around my shoehorn to cast Minor Illusion, and I will create a Minor Illusion of a five-foot large cardboard box with the words Plimsolls and Sons Shoe Company written on it, and then I will crawl like squat inside this illusionary box and just constantly cast it in front of me so I'm I've kind of squat walking along hobbling like a penguin creating this box around me you're doing like a proper Wallace and Gromit like Metal Gear Solid <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Wallace and Gromit yeah I love it I love it all right so you go back to the same position you were before with the kitchen on your right and these double doors. Um, as you get closer to it, there's no noise coming from the spore room now and Laurie is sort of like, okay, sh- sh- shall I? Uh, do, do, do you want me to? Uh, I, of course, of course. Uh, uh, friends first. <laughs> well, I was just thinking because I've got, I've got the shield. Oh, that's really clever. Uh, well, I've got my hands full with a lantern and a sword. Yeah, so, so you, just, you just hold the lantern up high and I'll just... Okay, great. Uh, I... Lantern and shield, I love it. Okay. What a combo. So you open the doors and the light sort of shines through. It is like a stately ballroom. As you sort of move, the floorboards underneath you bounce slightly. If you've ever done a Cayley in Scotland, sometimes they have special uh, special ballrooms where the floor is slightly bouncy just to get you that extra jimmer. That's what's happened here in a sense. Broken boards mar the web-like design worked into this ballroom's wooden floor. So it is a very ornate sort of planned going in. At the top of the room, there's a short stage for long-departed musicians overlooked by cracked stained-glass windows. As you sort of enter the room, Lyle, do you enter the room then, or do you stay outside? I am looking through the door. You'd hear this as well, but you're not in the room. So Tobias and Laurie, you sort of make your way a couple of feet into the room, and the light around you is very sort of, it's almost like very cinematic. There's the darkness sort of encloses around you like a like a fist, essentially, but the light from the ball uh, lantern sort of keeps you sort of lit. And a hollow, mocking voice reaches you, echoing as if it's from far away. It says, I give you a simple choice, my misguided knights. You can join Lady Silvera, and I'll entomb you all within the, my fortress walls. Or forsake your commander, bear witness to her execution, and then walk free to tell them all of Drangzorg's justice. My mercy knows but a moment, friends. Choose. And then the echoing of choose heads all around. How do you respond, Tobias? Tobias's running theory is that the only way they're going to get out of here is to solve this kind of Lady Silver curse and help her out. Mm-hmm. So he is going to go, uh, uh, I, I stand with Lady Silvera. Okay. Lyle, you hear it. What would you say? Is there a third option? <laughs> Laurie will. Oh, natural chanty. Um, I, I, what, what, what he said, what Tobias said, I stand. After you've all said your bits, you hear an ear-splitting shriek that fills the room. And it sort of blows straight through you. It reaches the door uh, and you get Lyle the last sort of whiffs at it, but you don't get hit by it. However, Tobias and Laurie, you're sort of like, you're there holding strong. You're like, it's, it's almost as if someone is, sh- the shriek is coming towards you and then through you and out of you. Nothing happens though. And as you look up to the stained glass, you can see, and it's almost sort of in a moment in an eye blink, it has changed. Almost be the likeness of, well, yourself, Tobias, almost like trapped in the stained glass itself. And next to you, somebody with a lantern looking like Laurie there. And so if you imagine there's like three stained glass windows, the two on the outside have uh, images of yourselves trapped in them for a moment, like almost broken into the, into the stained glass, cracked into it. The scream ends, it echoes and goes away. And the darkness, it's almost like you, you, you realise for a second, certainly Laurie just goes... Ooh, breathes out and his breath again cold misting up into the air you realize how cold it is in this room and the darkness sort of almost like abates slightly it's almost as if it breathes out nothing here at the end of the corridor you can see there is another door and i think laurie unless you say otherwise will go towards it and opens I'll, it i'll go with him yeah okay go with him uh lyle are you going are you going in 
I will waddle a little bit closer, yes. Brian, in your head, is like, good, good, good. Yes, yes. This, this, this. Big fan. Big it feels, fan. It feels right. It feels right. <laughs> As you get to the uh, rear of the room, Tobias, and open the closet door with, um, with Laurie, you can see in this closet there are, it's sort of packed, you know, like, when you've been to community halls and church halls, there's always a closet with all the shit in them. Yes, they're all packed up for stuff. In this closet, it's filled with withered decorations from past celebrations. There is a faded banner depicting numerous winged seahorses and the words sort of painted on it, happy birthday, Reagan and Vastian, instead of like uh, old fashioned sort of like font type, like swirly cursive, but faded. Old. As you sort of go to it, you sort of <laughs> cough a little bit as um, dust flies up. Uh, and Laurie, Laurie, um, um, oh gosh, yes, uh, the the two, the two Halcrest children. Yes, the Halcrests. Um, they they were the family here over a hundred years ago. They were last last living residents. That must be the children. Oh, how sad. So uh, others besides the Silvers have lived here since. Uh, yes, uh, Jennifer was saying to me that um, um, after, so the dark, this lord, um, this demon lord came, took the castle and then, well, it's funny, I, she said she couldn't really find the ending to the story. This knight came back, there was a fight of some sort and the demon lord was defeated. But as a result of, of um, her comrade's betrayal, she still entombed quite a few members of her thing and... I don't know. It's just, it's strange. Look, I appreciate at this point it's it's a bit silly, but you know this whole ghost thing and dark powers and stuff. Well, Jennifer has this running theory that the lady, the knight, she um, well, she was so desperate to get her castle back, her her namesake back that she um, she did it. She did a bit of a bit of a pact and destroyed this dark demon with some sort of evil power, but. It was a toll on her. Whenever you accept any dark gifts from anything, it is always going to be a toll on you and it has an impact on you. Um, so she, um, well, she went a bit, well, she's obsessive. That, that if she couldn't have the castle, nobody could have the castle and would punish people who didn't help her bring back the castle. So Jennifer found some accounts of, um, well, people in the local village going missing, uh, people getting invited to, to the place to, to, to sort of celebrate uh, Silver's return, but then uh, quite um, quite horribly uh, getting ripped up in, in the walls as punishment for not helping her. No one knows what happened to her. And it got sold on and stuff until it came into the Halfcrests. A uh, little family um, you've probably seen in the, in the sitting rooms and stuff, all these curios and stuff. That's uh, Lord Halfcrests stuff. They had a wife uh, very into gardening uh, and then two children. Uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, that's all we got from from the family in town. Like we said, um, this place we we've come to find out what the hauntings are. We got uh, asked from a family in Borskra to come and sort it. Um, we think land developers they probably want to resell and remove on. As you see, it's uh, no one's lived here for some quite some time. We should probably head uh, upstairs and to the other rooms. Yes, yes. Uh, also, where's Lyle? No. Oh, oh gosh! <laughs> Are you in that box? That's incredible. I put my hand through the box. It's an illusion. Tactical. God, Ta your legs must be toned. It, it really hurts. Hardcore. Well, putting putting shoes on small children every day, every day of your life, you kind of get used to kind of being in a crouch mode. Right. Well, let's uh, let's let's head upstairs then, shall we? After you. Yep. Okay. All right. And uh, I'd like to go back through the parlor, update, mm -hmm. and then stairs in the foyer. Stairs in the foyer, absolutely. As you leave, again, the light behind you, uh, Lyle, again, you go out and the doors just click shut behind you from the ballroom. Thank you so much for listening. You can come find me and pretty much every other co-host we've had on the show at What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. 
available on the What Am I Rolling website and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm hopefully going to start up our own official Discord for both What Am I Rolling and DM's Book Club soon, along with a Patreon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Thanks again. Speak soon. Bye.